I'm Elisa. I'm Justine. And we and are the murder, murder sisters. Oh, murder sisters. Okay. <laughs> Doing that. Um, all right. Well, we are back with episode 55. Woo woo. Moving on up in the world. I think I've said that a hundred times before. A million times, at least. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Can't I be a little original? So today we are going to be covering the unsolved disappearance of 12-year-old Sherry Lynn Marler, who disappeared from Greenville, Alabama on June 6, 1984, after her stepdad, Raymond, gave her a dollar to purchase a soda pop while he took care of some business at the local. What do you call it? You have to say what you call it. Soda bop, shabop, shabop. Yeah. (laughs) Soda, soda. Soda shabop shabop. So she went to get soda shabop. Yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> While he went to the local bank just to take care of some biz, some bank biz. Nice documents. Yeah, you know, the usual bank stuff. Greenville, Alabama was a very small and seemingly safe town. In 1990, the population of Greenville was 7,874. So, you know, fairly small. The population in 2021 actually decreased to 7,263. Yeah, that's not still small. (laughs) Still small and even smaller, even smaller, which is like interesting that it decreased. I mean, there must not be. I don't, I'm not familiar. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe there's not a lot there or something like opportunity to work and, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's far away from bigger cities. Yeah, yeah, some reason why. So Greenville had stayed consistently small and even became even smaller. And I think like something with a small town, we equate with being safe. You know, oh, everyone sure everyone knows each other and nobody locks their doors, doors at night. Yeah, kids that kind of thing. around at night. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, our kids played in the streets. We weren't worried. Yeah. Just we knew all of our neighbors, that kind of that mm-hmm. kind of thing in a small town. I know how more kids could roam around at night. <laughs> it's that's true. Safe yeah. <laughs> just do whatever you want. I don't think any parents are town. Just go, yeah, you're free. But this this town, you know, came out not so safe, I guess. But we'll get into that. Sherry Lynn Marler was born on August 18th, 1971 to mother Betty Stringfellow. I love that last name, Stringfellow. I know, it's such a... Yeah, unique and fun. In Alabama, and at the time of her disappearance, she was living with her mother Betty and her stepfather Raymond Stringfellow. 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 Sherry had been given the nickname of Little Farmer. I love that. And those close yeah. to Sherry gave her that nickname because she loved everything farming. Avi. And was really into just being outdoors, you know, getting dirty, playing outside. And she was considered to be a tomboy. What? I don't know. If we're supposed <laughs> yeah, to be we using had a discussion oh, about yeah. whether or not that was an appropriate term. To yeah. Use. Yeah. And Elisa came to the conclusion that if that's what they referred to her as, then I can include it. But girlscouts.org says not to. Anyway, you can look that up if you want. <laughs> On the morning of June 6, 1984, Sherry's mother, Betty, had a 7 a.m. shift at the Waffle House 
and said that when she left that morning that Sherry had been asleep on the couch. So the reason Sherry was sleeping on the couch was that they had a family member that was visiting and the family member got Sherry's room. So then Sherry just slept on the couch. How nice of her. And Betty said that she was really careful not to wake Sherry in the morning when she was like getting ready. And she left without saying goodbye because she didn't want to wake her up that early. And so by 9 a.m., Sherry had woken up, realized that her stepdad, Raymond, was heading out to town to sign documents at the bank, like I had said earlier. And she asked if she could hitch a ride with him, you know, just to go into town, yeah. get, get off the yeah, yeah. anything yeah. to get out of the house, just get out. Yeah. It's kind of fun when you're a kid to run errands with parents. Especially whatever. if her room was being occupied. But yeah, it's like she had nowhere to go. Yeah, you're so right, Alisa. Like, get me out of here. Before leaving with Raymond, Sherry put on a red long sleeve plaid flannel shirt, faded jeans, and new gray sneakers with Velcro, which is super 80s. I love the Velcro. I think we all had those if you were an 80s kid. By 9.30 a.m., Sherry and her stepdad Raymond arrived at the First National Bank, which was located at 100 West Commerce Street in downtown Greenville, Alabama. After parking his pickup in front of the bank, Raymond handed Sherry a dollar to purchase the soda Shabop Shabop <laughs> from the gas station. There you go, Lisa. Thank that you. That was located just across the street so that Sherry didn't have to wait with him in the boring bank. Like, she wanted to get out of the house. Like Lisa said, she couldn't even go in her room. Like, that's awful. Yeah. And so she just wanted to go into town, but not actually, like, go in the bank with her stepdad. Yeah. Which is understandable because it's almost like as a kid, it's like equivalent to being with your parents when they're buying a new car. Like, oh, just the agony. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Elisa, that was a good, yeah, comparison. (laughs) I remember those days, (laughs) all the paperwork. (laughs) I know. It's like, how many more hours? Yeah. So Raymond had no idea that this would be the last time he would ever see Sherry or that anyone would ever see Sherry really well kind of roughly 15 minutes after arriving at the bank Raymond had finished up with his paperwork so that's not too bad and he returned to his truck where he just fully expected to see Sherry waiting for him Mm -hmm. but she was not there so Raymond waited roughly 25 more minutes which is a long time to me I don't know (laughs) See, I don't know. I'm, I try to put myself in his headspace. She's 12 years old. They're downtown. It's a small town, seemingly safe. Yeah. And he's like, oh, maybe she got distracted and went somewhere. You know, I. Yeah. Yeah. She, I don't yeah. know that I would wait 25 minutes. Well, and then he probably also thought what well, I can't like leave. Cause what if she comes back? If she here comes back? Gone. Yeah. There's not, yeah. So that cell actually, phones, there's no like yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Oh, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Without a cell phone, it's hard to say what you would do. And I think that's probably what it was like. I can't leave. She's going to come back here. I leave and- to look for her. She comes back, sees I'm not here, goes into the um, bank. They yeah. say she, he left. Yeah. And it's like, they're just trying to look for each other. Mm-hmm. So after he waited 25 more minutes for Sherry to return to the truck. And she obviously hadn't returned. Raymond called Betty at the waffle waffle house to see if Sherry maybe went to visit her, you know, just like something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just trying to make sense of why she wasn't coming back. 
Betty confirmed that Sherry was not at her work. And that is when Raymond began searching local businesses for Sherry. So that's when the panic set in. He searched the gas station, of course, mm-hmm. a local tractor shop, a feed store, because, you know, she was far- a little yeah. farmer. Which is like <laughs> sad and cute. Like, it's sad and cute. Yeah. Tractor shop. Aww. I think I read that she knew how to drive the tractors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think she was, she pretty... was hardcore into farming. So cool. And so he went to a few other businesses, but no success. He could not find any trace of Sherry. There have been some reports that a couple of individuals had spotted Sherry walking between the general telephone building and Jernigan's furniture store on Mm -hmm. the way to the gas station. And that was a last known sighting of her. So that's what I meant when I said nobody would ever see her again. Well, kind of. It's like they there may have been a sighting after uh, she left the truck with Well, Raymond would never see her again. Yes, exactly. It is presumed that Sherry never actually even made it to the gas station to get her soda shabab. So after searching for her and not being able to locate Sherry, Raymond and Betty called the Greenville Police Department to report Sherry missing around 11.45 a.m., only a little over like two hours after Raymond had last seen Sherry. So, you know, he waited, waited called the Waffle House, drove around on on his own, went to the businesses, and then they were like, all right, we need to go to the police. Mm-hmm. Authorities, local volunteers, family, friends immediately jumped into action in the search for Sherry, but there was just absolutely no sign of the 12-year-old found at all. The Crenshaw Flying Service even helped by conducting an aerial search for Sherry, so that was, you know, very... Great. Yeah, it seems like that. they really jumped into action. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't have stuff like this happen a lot either. And so just for them to like get immediately the, take it seriously. Yeah. And get the, the flying service, you know, involved mm-hmm. right away. But still nothing was found. And the next step that the family took was to post missing flyers of Sherry mm-hmm. and Greenville and neighboring towns. This also did not provide the family or authorities with any viable leads when it came to locating Sherry. And I think at this point, it's a good time to pass it off to Elisa to cover some of the theories around her disappearance Mm -hmm. and the follow-up on the case. Take it away. Thank you. Because Sherry seemingly vanished, there weren't many leads to go off of. And because of that, kind of stories regarding what happened to Sherry started circulating. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to go over those theories regarding what happened to 12-year-old Sherry Lynn Marler. So the first theory and the most obvious theory is that she was actually murdered by a family member. Okay. So first, obviously, we're going to look at Raymond. Yeah. Raymond was extremely cooperative with the investigation into the disappearance of Sherry And I will mention that he was asked to take a polygraph and he refused, which some people thought, oh, that seems suspicious, but authorities didn't see it that way. And, you know, we're big supporters of never taking a polygraph test. Especially (laughs) under like distress like that, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, they're just not very reliable. I will say that, Raymond, when he was on his deathbed, he told Betty Mm -hmm. 
that, and he died in 2003, but he said, he told her he wanted nothing more than to find out what happened to Sherry so that he could bring her back to Betty where she belonged. And he really, he was not only heartbroken by her disappearance. He also had this really heavy heart over feeling responsible. Yeah. She was with him. Yeah, of course. He gave her the dollar to go by herself to get a soda. Yeah. So he felt really responsible for it. It was obvious that he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there was also a theory that Sherry's stepsister and her stepsister's husband had done something to Sherry. So the summer prior to her disappearance, Sherry actually stayed with the couple at their home in St. Stephen's, South Carolina. That's about mm-hmm. full. Yeah. <laughs> you did and authorities did receive tips that Sherry was seen in that same area after she disappeared. What? So people thought, oh, maybe the stepsister and the, the husband did it. But there's not, I wouldn't put a lot of weight into this for many reasons. And the main one being that their home in St. Stephen, South Carolina is seven hours and 45 minutes away. Yeah. What is she going to like take the dollar, go, go to a pay phone, ask her sister to pick her up. And then like, it just doesn't even make sense. Happen to show up to take her. They wouldn't have known. You know, it just doesn't, I was thinking it doesn't make sense. Nope. 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 So going into our second theory is that Sherry ran away Mm -hmm. and Sherry's family was very adamant that Sherry did not leave on her own accord. Her mom, Betty said that Sherry was happy and content with her life and had absolutely no reason to run away. She was also really looking forward to watching her favorite TV show that evening and visiting with her grandmother. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, that's who was staying at the house and staying in her room. No, the, Aunt, her step aunt was staying. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, continue on. Mm -hmm. So Sherry also didn't take anything with her. So she had nothing with her except for the clothes on her body and the dollar bill that had given her. So that theory doesn't make sense. No, at all. Why would she choose to run away at that moment? It doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and where would she have gone? And nobody saw her, you know, it's, it, yeah. I just don't think that theory is very solid. And then the third theory is that Sherry was taken by someone that she did not know. Yeah. And one thing that Betty had brought up, which I think is a very good point is the fact that soda machines did not give change back in 1984. Betty thought maybe Sherry approached a stranger to ask them if they had change for the dollar Oh, so that she could go buy her soda without having to lose money. Yeah. And I Googled it and found like a rough estimate of what a 12 ounce soda can cost back in that time. And it was about 50 cents. Oh, all right. So she, you know, it makes sense that she would have, she would want the 50 cents. Yeah. Or she wouldn't want to buy two sodas you know, and then that, yeah, I could see that happening. I personally also think that it's possible that someone traveling through the town of Greenville spotted Sherry walking alone, Mm -hmm. noticed that no one else was around and either took her or she had approached them 
and asked for the change. And then they saw their opportunity to take her. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I definitely know. think it's, well, I don't know. Cause I haven't heard all your theories, yeah. but that's, but I know I- we talked about how similar we felt like this case was to the Morgan Nick case, which was yeah. the very first episode we ever covered. Yeah. And it's like, in both of those scenarios, they were like in their little small towns. Yeah. People had seen them and then they were gone. Yeah. And there was yeah, no trace, no nothing. So bizarre how nobody witnessed the taking of either of them. Yeah. And it's, um, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So since her disappearance, Sherry had been spotted by three different witnesses on three different occasions. And each time that she was spotted, she was accompanied by a man that was about roughly 50 years old, about five, eight with a heavier build. And these witnesses said he had like a weathered complexion, a lot of wrinkles around his eyes. Multiple people said that they saw three, three different sightings from three different witnesses and three different locations. And, and, but all this consistent, uh, description yes. of the, oh, of the male oh, and of Sherry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so one of the witnesses who saw her at a truck stop in Conley, Georgia said that the young girl, she thought to be Sherry called the man BJ. Okay. And all three of the witnesses said that Sherry seemed upset, disheveled, And appeared to be kind of like in a daze. The last sighting of the three sightings of Sherry came from someone that said they saw who they thought was Sherry Mm -hmm. in a mall in Louisiana later in 1984. So the same year that she went missing. After that, Sherry has not been spotted again. And then when were the other two sightings, do you know? Shortly after she went missing. Oh, all right. But I do want to mention that none of those sightings were confirmed to actually be Sherry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind. Yeah. So some follow-ups over the years, you know, there hasn't been a lot of traction with her case, Mm -hmm. but in 2019, a woman by the name of Ryan Welch Anderson made a post on the Facebook page created for Sherry. And I will do a link to that in our sources. Mm -hmm. And this woman posted the following, and I'm going to read this verbatim. Okay. Sherry Marler was murdered and dismembered by someone she knew very well, not her stepfather, and thrown into a hog pen in Butler County. We believe the person who murdered her is deceased. We strongly suspect there were one or two other people there at the time of her death, and they were also deceased. We strongly suspect she was pregnant at the time. We believe she was a victim of a multiple family-based incest pedophilia ring that involved people from both Butler and Crenshaw counties. What? So, huge, like. Who is this person that said that? Her name is Ryan Welch Anderson. Interesting. That's it's a lot. Weird. That's like a <laughs> um, really bold statement to make online. Extremely. And so Ryan said that they 
unearthed a pig farm that was up and running in 1984 when Sherry disappeared, but it has since been abandoned and is no longer standing. Mm -hmm. And there was also apparently some sort of video footage of two separate cadaver dog teams confirming hits on human remains in the area where the pig farm was located. Mm -hmm. And there was a piece of clothing and I'm going to put that in quotes Mm-hmm. air quotes that a group discovered uh, during that search that they sent out for DNA. However, there was no hit on anything. There was no DNA found on it. And to me, the clothing clothing looked like just a burlap sack. It didn't. Oh, look like- okay. That's where the quote air quotes came from. Yeah. Clothing. And yeah. I don't know if you mentioned this Justine, but the day she disappeared, she was wearing a red long sleeved plaid flannel. flannel. Yeah. Yeah. With faded, and jeans. faded jeans and the gray sneaker. Uh, Velcro so, sneakers. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so taking that description of her clothes and what a piece of whatever they found. Yeah. I don't for think it looked, it's not consistent. Yeah. What she was wearing. Mm-hmm. Ryan also claimed that a surviving family member of the person she believes murdered Sherry, mm-hmm. let her go through a box of old photos that belonged to that family member. And in some of the photos, it did show the pig farm while it was functional And there is one photo in particular that shows a pig standing by what she says, Ryan Mm -hmm. says is a severed human head. What did you see? It's not yet fully decomposed. I'm going to post it on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things where it could be a trick of the eye. Okay. Kind of thing where if you put the right, like, I think they went through this thing where they put different filters on the photo yeah, and different levels of exposure Mm -hmm. kind of make that more prominent. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's weird. I will say that it does look like it could be a human head, but I wouldn't say that to me, it looks like a 12 year old girl's human head. Yeah. And I know that's very graphic and I apologize for that, but Lots of things can look like heads. I'm going to just yeah. put that in there. <laughs> Especially if you convince yourself. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like- yeah. And then it's like the whole her being pregnant. Th- I, it's and just incest ring. And it's, it's like, seems so insane. And dramatic. it's like Too dramatic. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Um, and there was another aside from this weird update. Um, there was another weird possible update in the case that also came in 2019 in the form of two other photos that were located inside of a Bible that was located in an abandoned trailer. And okay. apparently Sherry's brother, Larry Marler, had found the photos inside of a trailer in Butler County which was, keep in mind, the same county that Sherry went missing from. And the two pictures show a young girl that I will say does look like Sherry. And in both pictures, this young girl is laying down in like a bed with, Mm -hmm. and there are two separate pictures taken at two times. So it's different beds, different pajamas, And in one of them, there's another woman that's like leaning in towards her posing with 
the girl that looks like Sherry. Uh-huh. And Sherry's family members were shown these pictures and they said she def it would it would have had to have been after she went missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of, you know, like age-wise, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they said the t- pictures definitely were not taken at their home. Okay. And it's I'm also going to post one of the pictures on our Instagram, the one with a woman in it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, it, it looks a lot like Sherry, but it's also hard to say because it's from this like weird angle. Oh, yeah. Where the girl is laying down and it's just like double chin, you know, that horrible angle. Yeah. I'm as you're saying all these <laughs> things, I'm looking up the pictures like the first of all, the pig head picture. I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh, it's kind of funny how. I feel like it's been edited to look like a head. It's, it's laying, not, yeah. It's and the like, burlap sack, you are so correct. And then the laying in the bed. I mean, that really looks like her. Yeah. I was Googling and it like popped up and I thought that was just a picture of her at some point. With a family member. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's like laying down. and But you're right about the angle. It's like so hard to say because of the angle. And also the woman in the picture with her looks like she could be related. Like, yeah, yeah. They look, ve- but again, it's hard to say because of the angle. Sure. Uh, and so, I mean, I, it's just we- those two updates with the pictures involved in both of the updates are yeah. so strange. And it's hard to know if you should put any, like, I don't know. It's hard to know if you should trust either of those things. Yeah. Um, So those are really the only big updates regarding the case, but there was one other thing that I did want to mention before wrapping up this episode. And it's that Betty, uh, Sherry's mom actually opened a restaurant in honor of her missing daughter. And it was done on the 26th anniversary of Sherry's disappearance Mm-hmm. She named the restaurant Enterprise and the sign in front read or reads opened in honor and memory of Sherry Lynn Marler. And okay. I did a lot of Googling on this because <laughs> I'm like, is this restaurant still in business? Where yeah. is that? Can you go to it? Can you support it? You know? Yeah. And I found absolutely nothing. nothing. So I don't know if it's since shut down. I don't know if you know, when that happened, if that happened, but Betty also joined team hope, which stands for helping offer help offering parents empowerment. And it's a program created by the national center of for missing and exploited children. And the group actually connects parents of missing children with other parents of missing children. So it's basically the strong support group that's for parents that have, have, or yeah. are going through this. Yeah. Their child was abducted and they're missing and they don't, you know, so that's another update. And I will say that now we're coming up on 39, I believe 39 and a half years that Sherry went missing. Wow. Um, and my personal thought on it is that she was abducted by a complete stranger that saw it as a crime of opportunity. 
I think maybe yeah. the individual was driving through the town. Like the, and, like a truck driver, just like yeah. the spottings. I feel maybe. like the spottings may have been actually her, but yeah, there for a little bit maybe. And then who knows? And then I think there's also something to what Betty thinks about asking for change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I personally think it was a stranger abduction. And after that, I don't know what happened to her. Maybe they quickly drove out of state and, you know, back in the eighties, there wasn't all of this technology and social media and like, you know, access yeah. to an Amber alert, share these, inf- this information. So, you know, yeah. I don't think that's a strong possibility. But either way, I, you know, I feel like this could, just like the Morgan Nick case, I feel like they're both so solvable. Yeah. And Uh, there was uh, just a recent, I mean, not to get off of this story, but there was a recent special on, was it on Netflix, Alisa? I think so, on Morgan. Yeah, Yeah. the missing, um, so that that case has been looked at again, I mean, recently, but there's Mm -hmm. just really like nothing and it so frustrating when we have now all of this all yeah, it's this, like, this oh, technology if it, and if this was available back like, then <laughs> yeah another sad one Elisa I know um but also if you have any information regarding the case um the Greenville Greenville Police Department asks you to contact them at 334-382-7461 um, I think this, I like, feel like that this case and the Morgan Nick case in particular are going to be solved. Yeah. At least in our lifetime. Yeah. And um, I think it's just good. That's why we cover these cases just to, you know, reinvigorate the mm-hmm. search or the investigation and hope even our little podcast gets out there to the right person. Maybe, mm-hmm. um, who knows any information, but And that's another reason we try to pick cases that aren't necessarily like blasted all over the place. Yeah. uh, Because we want to try to get the word out. And that's also why it's important, at least to us, that you guys share our podcast with people so that every, it kind of spreads it, you know, so everyone can listen and learn and, you know, yeah. All right. Well, that's it for episode 55. Mm-hmm. No conclusion, crazy mystery, but I think you're right that it was probably a stranger abduction. And then who knows, you know, I, who knows what happened really, but yeah, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, that... hopefully they find her or at least find answers mm-hmm. or somebody gets a very guilty conscience and yeah, yeah, speaks up. Exactly. I hope that wasn't too disjointed. No, I think it, I mean, there's no, it, you know, it's like they did their best and there were like crazy theories. A lot of these unsolved cases have all these like bizarre theories or something. Well, yeah, because I think people know. kind of get desperate to figure out what happened and yeah, it's like put pieces together that n- don't necessarily, that aren't necessarily, yeah, related. Yeah. So if you guys have a case that you would like us to cover, please email us at murdersisterspod at gmail.com. That is murdersisterspod at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram, Instagram. (laughs) murdersisterspod. And uh, 
Yeah. Tell some friends. Share us. Yeah. All the good, all the good stuff. So we will be back in two weeks for episode 56. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.